This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. How goes it? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope this Tuesday finds you well as uh, the Pelicans are on the road for three games starting tonight in Toronto against the Raptors. We have Super Bowl going on this week as Media Day was yesterday. I don't think they call it Media Day anymore, but it was uh, the beginning of the week as players and coaches from each side will rest uh, numerous and random questions from the media. And there was all walks of life, I should say, there. In Houston, I remember some of the questions were asking a Patriots player how many, how much baked beans he'll eat all week. He had players signing soccer balls, asking questions about what Disney Princess Day would be, and uh, you even saw Bill Belichick smile, which is probably the thing you will not see at all for the rest of the trip. But hey, we saw yesterday on Media Day, and it should be a good game between the Patriots and the Falcons. I know who everyone here is rooting for, and it should be a good game. Number one offense matches up against. The number one defense. We're going to have Super Bowl coverage all week long. And it'll start today with Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for ESPN and ESPN.com. We will not ask Mike anything about the Saints. He's going to put his Super Bowl hat on as a pe- pe- the Saints, excuse me, played both teams, uh, one during the preseason and one during the regular season. So Mike will give us his perspective on the Super Bowl. And of course, as I mentioned, it's a game day for the Pelicans. They take on the Raptors tonight, who Raptors, uh, a rare home loss on Sunday afternoon against the Orlando Magic, so they're going to be hungry and ready to go as the Celtics now have the second seat in the Eastern Conference right now. Raptors drop to third, and the Pelicans are also going to be a little hungry too. Urgency is there as they are three games back of the Denver Nuggets for the eighth and final playoff spot, and with only three home games, this road trip is very crucial for the Pelicans because if it does not go well, those playoff hopes will dwindle as the month continues. It starts in Toronto today, and then a back-to-back against Detroit tomorrow, and then Saturday the Pelicans wrap up the road trip against the Washington Wizards, who are playing very well right now, as you all saw at the Smoothie King Center on Sunday, but they also have a huge 14-game winning streak at home. They'll try to improve that to 15 tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers, or excuse me, New York Knicks, one of the two, but either way, either way, uh, it should be um, it's going to be a big road trip for the Pelicans, and again that starts tonight uh, at the Air Canada Center in Toronto. It was a 6:30 start, but it has been moved to six o'clock. So if you didn't know about the change, six o'clock Central is when the game will start. I'll have pregame starting at 5:30 on the radio, and of course you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale. Of course, it's Tuesday, which means we'll have uh, Jim Eikenhofer on from Pelicans.com, and uh, someone actually stopped by the studio as I was interviewing Jim. So uh, Jim gets a little surprised during the interview, and you will too, as far as someone asking a question to Jim. But we'll get his thoughts on uh, the road trip, and uh, he kind of recaps the homestand as well. We have a lot to get to on this Tuesday. Let's get started. Let's get started with Pelicans talk. Up next, Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com, followed by Mike Triplett of ESPN and ESPN.com. Stay with us. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game. 
and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Time now to go worldwide here on the Black and Blue Report. We're an international show, and we go hop up across the border in Toronto where Jim Eikenhofer is getting ready for tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Raptors. Hello, Jim. Um, how cold is it up there? I'm sure it's uh, pretty cold. It's quite a bit cooler than it is in New Orleans at this time of year, as you might expect. But as a upstate New York native, I'm quite used to this from when I lived there, so... It's uh, pretty much what you expect when you come to Toronto. Is it one of your favorite cities to go to, Toronto? Yeah, it is. I mean, of the northern cities, it's one of my favorites. Uh, honest, if I was going to be honest with you, oh, I haven't really honest made a list. But, <laughs> but in my head, I would say, if I had to sit down and write down a, a list, I wouldn't be surprised if like eight or ten of my favorite cities are all in the south because I love the weather. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if Toronto cracks my top ten, but... Among the among the northern cities, it's uh, it's definitely one of my one of my favorite ones. I'm with you. I'm a wuss when it comes to the weather, so I'm all about the southern southern cities. So I'm with you there, Jim. Exactly. Yep. I like all the team all, visiting all the teams in our division is really nice. Um, California is good, so there's a lot of Western Conference uh, stuff that would be on my list. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Jim, let's talk about the homestand a little bit. And as we talked about a lot on our uh, Pelicans OT on the Pelicans Radio Network. It was a little bit of an up-and-down type of homestand, a little Jekyll and Hyde, as you'd say, uh, with his Pelicans team who won three games, they lost three games, and they alternated wins and losses. How would you describe this homestand? It seems like, to me, they, they, they showed a lot of what we've seen throughout the course of the season, but just took it to a different level with the, win, the wins against Cleveland and San Antonio, but also the home loss to Brooklyn. So it, it was funny. I was a, I was a little bit... Um, surprised that that the player just listening to Anthony Davis last night I think they were definitely more encouraged than discouraged by the homestand of going three and three but also beating a couple of really good teams so it, it like your Jekyll and Hyde description kind of tells it, it, it it's it was one of those things where it was kind of hard to wrap your head around it and and figure out what to take away from it just because um I think probably four and two or five and one was the goal they finished three and three but the way they got there was such a unpredictable um fashion so um i think i think really though the it sounds like to me the players are trying to focus on the fact that they know now that they can play with anybody because they beat um san antonio's the second best team in the league cleveland is the number one seed in the east and probably will end up that way because they have a pretty big cushion there so i think they're they're trying to to maybe to try to take more away from the positives as far as just knowing that the ability that they have when they play well, that they can, they can compete with anybody. And that's something that they really need on the road because they're not only do they have a lot of road games coming up, but they're playing against some pretty good teams as well. 
Would you say that, though, they're also discouraged by talking to them post-game and during this homestand, that they're discouraged on the fact that they can't put two solid back-to-back -back games together, that they are beating these really good teams, but then they follow it up with um, at least poor starts of the games? I know they had stretches yesterday that they came back and took the lead against Washington, but do you feel that they're also discouraged uh, knowing that they really haven't been able to put together two solid games back-to-back -to -back together? Yeah, I would say somewhat, but I feel like – I'm I'm not trying to get too much into their heads, but I feel like they're they feel like it could be coming. But the problem is, is that that stretch that you need where you do put it together, they're starting to run out of time for that. Um, there's only 34 games left in the season. It's hard to believe that it's it's already down to that few amount of games. But um, it's one of those things where there's definitely some serious. There's, there should be some serious urgency right now because the win one lose one thing. If that continues. For a for a lengthy stretch, it's it's they're still not going to gain any ground in the in the race for eighth. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, and we'll change the subject after this. But would you consider three and three a disappointing homestand, just based on uh, where the Pelicans are trying to get into the playoffs, or is three and three okay? I know we kind of hoped for a goal of four and two, um, but what, is three oh three okay in your eyes, or is that a little disappointing? I think it's both. It, it's I think it's a little disappointing to be honest because. You didn't really gain any ground when you have when you have your longest home stand of the season, and I understand that the Cavs and the Spurs were on this, and also the Thunder, but so it wasn't like this was an easy group of team of opponents. But when you have your longest home stand of the season, you look at that as the time to make up ground. So basically, for them to um, not gain ground and even probably lose a little bit of ground against a team like Denver, I think that was disappointing because now it's the schedule turns the other way. And I think they have the mo they definitely have the most road games of any team left in the Western Conference this season. So now you're the schedule's flipped against you, and now it's going to be even harder to gain ground. And now that you're three games out of eighth, you're actually further away from where you were trying to get to than you were when you started the homestand. So from that standpoint, I definitely do think that it's disappointing that they weren't able to progress at all in the standings. Uh, I'll get to the home, the road trip in just a little bit, but I do want to point out some positives I thought from this road trip. One, uh, Donatus Motiunis, who had another good game yesterday despite being in foul trouble early, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists on 5 of 6 shooting. And in the last few games, at least, Drew Holiday has played really well, and last night was had 26 points, 11 assists on 11 and 19 shooting. Um, do you see that they're kind of turning a corner a little bit and those two guys being key pieces for the Pelicans if they want to make a playoff run? Yeah, I definitely think that that Motiunis is has been getting. It seems like he's getting more and more comfortable as the games go on. So that's definitely a really good sign. Um, Drew has played. It seems like Drew has stretches where he plays like this for four or five games, and then he goes back a little bit to to not playing as well. So, but yeah, I think he's he was really good. I mean, he's been at his best in a couple of these games lately. Um, the way he played against Cleveland was probably the best game he's had all year. And then last night, again, he was really good. But unfortunately, there weren't enough other guys that kind of joined in on the on the scoring. And beyond Drew and Anthony Davis, it was really almost across the board. Um, just about everybody else struggled to, to shoot and combined only had 12 baskets besides those top two guys yesterday. We're talking with Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com as the Pelicans will take on the Toronto Raptors tonight uh, at the Air Canada Center. Three-game road trip, Jim. As you mentioned, very tough road trip. You have a Toronto team that's second in the East, but they did lose at home 
to the Orlando Magic on Sunday afternoon. Then you play Detroit on a back-to-back. Uh, we all remember last year Anthony Davis had some fun in Detroit, and then you end against this Wizards team that, as of now, has not lost a home game in 14 straight games. Uh, very, very tough stretch here for the Pelicans. Yeah, there are no easy ones on this trip, that's for sure. I mean, Toronto has the best. Toronto has struggled a little bit lately, especially by their standards. They, I don't. It seems like it kind of came out of nowhere. I know they missed DeRozan for a few of these games recently, but they've. But they still have one of the best records in the in the league and definitely in the East. So, and then Detroit has been pretty disappointing, I think, overall this season. But they're still a pretty good home team, and they have some really good young players. And then Washington, obviously, we saw on Sunday night what they can do, and um, just the way that they're playing right now. So, yeah, it, it, this is this is one of the tougher tougher ones. You you don't really have any of them that you look at as like, okay, well. If, if we play decent, we're going to win this game. Uh, it, it seems like all of them you're going to have to put together a really good effort to be able to come out with a win at the end of the night. Jim, we've talked about it before how we thought certain home stands and road trips were very crucial for this team, um, but it turns out uh, four and one home stand when we talked about it on the last five game home stand. Then you go three and three here. The road trip you went two and three, so you've hung in there a little bit. So now we get to the point where the Pelicans are three games out to the Nuggets, who have had uh, a nice stretch of three wins in a row. They've had a little easier schedule, but they have um, played well during that easier schedule. How important is this home, this road trip for the Pelicans uh, with the sense that you could be farther and farther out of this race when you get back? Yeah, I think realistically what you want to, you definitely want to avoid is the situation that the team was in last year where it seemed like for a long stretch of, maybe February and early March, they were, say, four or five games out, and you constantly were saying, okay, well, they need to put together a winning streak so they can get closer because four or five games behind eighth is not ri- – it's kind of in the race, but not totally. So it seemed like last year they were just yeah. fighting and fighting constantly to try to get into realistic contention. And then all of a sudden, the problem with being three, four, or five games out is if you do go on a, on a losing streak, you're in big trouble. So I think right now the the urgency should be that they need to cut this down from the three game gap that it is right now, because the um, if you don't, you you really could put yourself in the same position as last year, where by the beginning of March they had a couple crucial losses, and that was pretty much curtains on the on the season as far as playoff hopes went. You might have answered this question already, and uh, forgive me if you have. Uh, in by the All Star break to you, and this might put you a little bit on the spot, but what would be an acceptable record if, in fact, they are trying to make the playoffs? I think maybe – I'm not sure. I don't know exactly the a record, but to me they need to get closer to 500. Right now they're 10 games under. I think there's nine games left before the All-Star break, so there's, there's really not a lot of time to cut into that. I mean, even if you went 7-2 and two, – over the last nine games, you'd still be five games under. So I don't think it's that realistic to think that they can, by the say by the all-star break, they can make a huge um, jump in the record that they have right now. But, you know, you definitely don't want to slip any further back than you are. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, you might be looking at it like by the beginning of March or the middle of March, you want to be in a lot better position than you are right now record-wise. 
Jim, you never know who will stop by in the middle of an interview, as we always like to say. And that is David <laughs> Wesley you, from did Fox. Did you like Sports how well Home. I handled that? You, ha- you killed I didn't it. Even, I didn't even bat an eye that all of a sudden a, a random David Wesley question comes into the interview. We like to keep you on your toes, Jim, here. So <laughs> we're not just going to assume that I'm going to conduct the whole interview. I'm going to bring in people to help me with the job. So, yes, you executed <laughs> you know, perfectly. No, This is no offense to you, Daniel, at all, because it's it's great working for you, but it might be it might be more interesting on Tuesdays if we just have random people come in and ask a question. Okay. And don't 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 give any like you know warning or anything. Just have like the salespeople come in, ask something completely out of the blue. Yeah. I, I kind of like that idea actually. You never know when and where and what the question's going to be. You're just gonna have to be ready. <laughs> Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. Well, that's uh, this week. We have David Wesley in as a uh, surprise interviewer for uh, our Tuesday conversation. Jim, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you during this trip. All right. No problem. All right. We'll be back after these messages. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your bud by scoring the Guys Night Out ticket package presented by Coors Light. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four Coors Light beers, plus two collectible pint glasses, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Wednesday, February 8th against the Utah Jazz. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, normally when we have Mike Triplett on the show, we're talking about the Saints as he does cover the team for ESPN and ESPN.com. But uh, today we're asking him to put his Super Bowl hat on as the Falcons will take on the Patriots. And uh, the Saints played both those teams, one in the preseason, one in the regular season. Mike, uh, glad to have you on. Happy Super Bowl week. Glad to be here. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I know it's probably not a happy Super Bowl week because we do see the Falcons in here uh, this <laughs> week, and I know no one in this city is interested in seeing the Falcons win the Super Bowl. But uh, well, first I want to talk about the matchup. First, are you surprised by these two teams playing in the Super Bowl this Sunday? 
Well, obviously not surprised by the Patriots. Uh, look, the Falcons, I will admit, it, you know, it took me a while to become a, a full believer. I uh, thought the Seahawks might beat them. I thought the Packers might beat them. But they had a very good regular season, and they've just had a spectacular postseason so far. So there is, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't luck into this. They absolutely earned their way here. And I know uh, I know Larry Holder from the Times Picayune wrote a, a column last week comparing them to the 2009 Saints, the way they're built with that dynamic, versatile offense and you know, a defense, uh, um, you know, that's making some things happen at the right time. And it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, no doubt about that. That was actually going to be my next question. Does this, uh, for you personally, does this remind you sort of of the 0-9 team? Well, I mean, the 0-9 Saints defense, uh, I think they ranked second in the NFL in, in turnovers forced uh, that year. And uh, then in the playoffs, they, it was just they were turnover-making machines. Uh, and obviously that year they started out 13 and 0, so uh, Atlanta didn't do that. Atlanta, Atlanta kind of weren't they like seven and five or something like that before they really got hot. So um, those are differences. But the idea of doing it with a you know one of the sharpest young offensive minds in the game who knows how to uh, throw it and run it and out formation you and have so much versatility in offense with so many uh, different ways he can beat you in throwing the ball to 13, 13 different guys scored touchdowns for the Falcons this year, or I should say 13 different guys caught touchdown passes for the Falcons. That sounds very much like a Saints trait. Uh, so in that sense, they're pretty reminiscent of uh, of those great Saints teams. Uh, I want to talk about the Falcons defense because you mentioned that the Falcons defense has struggled a little bit this uh, season as far as points allowed in the bottom 10 of the NFL. Uh, with so many rookies actually playing uh, big contributions to the Falcons, is that something that could be um, a big factor in Sunday's game as far as these rookies that are going to be playing in the biggest game of their lifetime? Well, yeah. I mean, if you were going to rank the four units on the field, I think you'd rank the Falcons' defense as the, the worst of the four um, or, you know, the most vulnerable of the four, especially playing against Tom Brady. Uh, but, yeah, they do have some – when we're talking Saints comparisons, I mean, they should be sort of hope for the Saints who've been trying to turn around their defense for so long because they've done it so quickly. I mean, half the guys on that defense, are first and second year guys that came in these last two draft classes, what a draft class they had this year with Keanu Neal at safety and, and Deion Jones at linebacker with their first two picks. And then obviously last year their first round pick, Vic Beasley, has just been a monster this year, could win NFL's defensive player of the year as a pass rusher. And that's what the Saints have been hoping would happen for the last five years. You draft three starters on defense two years, including a, you know, a Pro Bowl pass rusher, and what a difference it makes almost overnight. So if you're putting points on a team, I mean, we've seen that in the playoffs. Atlanta puts puts up like a ten nothing lead early, and then you know, you're back into a corner a little bit, and they've got Vic Beasley coming at you. Uh, it really, you know, it's really a formidable team. Yeah, and of course on the offensive side, it's going to be tough for the Pats to contain the Falcons' offense, but the Pats do have the number one defense in the NFL. Uh, since the Falcons do play the Saints two times and you've watched them play, how, how do you try to stop this Falcons team with so many weapons, including their backfield of Coleman and Freeman? Well, that's a great question. Um, and the thing that, you know, look, Julio Jones is still arguably the best offensive weapon in the NFL or, or one of the top five. But what Atlanta has done so well is not relied on Julio Jones. Um, I think Matt Ryan's numbers, which are just astounding this year, are actually better 
example he's throwing to people other than Julio this year. And Mohamed Sanu has been a pretty good number two receiver for them, but they also throw to their third and fourth receivers and their tight ends. And like you said, those running backs out of the backfield catch a ton of passes for them. And they're pretty interchangeable, so they keep them fresh. And so, you know, it, it's it's that throw to the open man mentality as opposed to locking in on Julio Jones, or if you take Julio Jones away, you can win. So, you know, it, it's the reason why Kyle Shanahan is probably going to be named a head coach of the 49ers. He's doing a really good job of keeping defenses off balance. But still, yeah, I mean, don't let Atlanta's run game start pushing you around. That's what we saw with the two Saints games. I mean, it was probably the worst two Saints defensive performances of the entire year, to be honest. And Atlanta really got their run game going in both games. And if you can't stop their run or their pass, then you're in real trouble. Let's turn our attention to the Patriots. And we talked about the lack of experience on the Falcons' defense, but then you have the Patriots who have been here now for seven Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick at the helm. How much does that play a factor into just them being here this time and having this experience for maybe some of the young guys that haven't been here on this Patriots team? Well, look, Brady and Belichick, best of all time, might be the two best all-time in coach and quarterback, so you're never going to bet against them in a big game. But they have lost. I mean, they lost twice to, to lesser heralded and lesser experienced Giants teams in the Super Bowl. They darn near lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl uh, a couple years ago, if not for that incredible interception. So they're not unbeatable, um, but... But, yeah, you've got a quarterback who's absolutely not going to be rattled on the big stage, and, and you've got a coach who, you know, probably has an idea of what you're going to try to to throw at them in this game. So, uh, um, you know, the Patriots, are they're hard to bet against, but they're not unbeatable. Because, I mean, obviously both these teams are here for a reason uh, because of their great play during the regular season and the postseason. But when, these, when the Super Bowl happens, do you kind of put all that – away and just kind of make it a clean slate or does that stuff play into a game like this you have two weeks to prepare for one team you kind of know what they do I mean how much do we just kind of throw us all away and it's a clean slate Patriots and Falcons you just don't know what's going to happen yeah I mean I, I would tend to think that Super Bowl experience has to count for something right um getting nerves out of the way you know knowing from experience what works and what doesn't um I think I remember, I don't remember if somebody told me this the week of the Saints game, or I, I know what it was. It was Sean Payton said he did this uh, on the first play after we were reviewing their Super Bowl win. Like, I think the, the first play was like their most basic run play uh, in their playbook uh, or something like that, just to, you know, just to get that first play out of the way, settle the nerves or something like that. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I mean, maybe someone could make an argument that, you know, not knowing not knowing what you're in for and just, you know, playing it just like you played your Week 16 game or your first playoff game and, and you just keep riding the wave of success. Um, both these teams are so hot right now that that it, it's hard to it's hard to give one team a super uh, intangible uh, benefit in this game. Is the week leading up to the Super Bowl, like the media day and the practices and dealing with all the, the family and logistics, is that just as important for these two teams as the game as far as being prepared? Because sometimes we've seen it in past where there's distractions, there's parties or everything like that. Is just yeah. is the week leading up to it uh, just as big as getting ready for the game on Sunday? Yeah, and I mean, you hear it year in and year out that, you know, having the two weeks is nice because coaches and everybody tells their whole team that first week to take care of everything. 
figure out all your ticket requests, who you're buying tickets for, take care of all that, where your family's going to be, uh, because by the time they're finished with media day on Tuesday, which is, uh, uh, well, media night now on, on mm-hmm. Tuesday, uh, and they get into their normal practice routine, their Wednesday practice, their Thursday practice, their Friday practice, their Saturday walkthrough, they want that stuff to be as routine as possible, you know. Uh, I, pretty infamous, you'll remember the Saints, uh, the players were allowed to go out on Monday and stay out later. They, the curfew was relaxed on Monday. And some guys didn't make it uh, didn't make it to the media bus in time Tuesday, and Sean Payton chewed him out pretty good. But uh, um, you know, once he has Monday night and Tuesday media day, they they really try to make the rest of that week as normal as humanly possible. All right, so let's focus on the game. Uh, you can give me a prediction if you want. If not, no big deal. So give me a big factor as far as what might play the biggest difference or might play the biggest role in the game on Sunday, whether it's for the Falcons or for the Patriots? Well, like I said, uh, um, we're going to find out pretty quickly, I think, if if Atlanta can stay as hot uh, on offense as they have and and put back New England into a corner. I mean, I was watching that Atlanta-Green Bay game thinking what a game this might be, and Atlanta put up so many points so fast. They just had Green Bay on their heels for the rest of the game, and uh, that's what Atlanta's going to try to do. You know, They certainly have the offense that can score a lot of points if they have to play catch-up. But if Atlanta gets up early in this game and and New England's not slowing them down or not stopping their run and pass balance early in the game, then uh, then Atlanta's got a really good chance. I'd take New England to win the game, but uh, I think we'll find out in the first half of this game if – if Atlanta's going to keep staying as hot as they have on offense. I think Saints fans are going to be happy that you picked New England, that's for sure. Thank you. <laughs> that's Mike Triplett. Well, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to incite a Twitter riot or anything. No, we don't want that, that's for sure. That's Mike Triplett from ESPN and ESPN.com covering the Saints. Mike, I appreciate the insight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Anytime. All right, we'll wrap things up next on the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hey, New Orleans, the world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun starting Friday night. Come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Good show today. Big thanks to Mike Triplett of ESPN and ESPN.com and Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Again, Pelicans game day tonight, 6 o'clock Central. I'll have pregame show starting at 5.30. And again, uh, Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale will have the coverage starting at 5.30 as well. And then we'll tip off at 6 
from the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, Ontario. On tomorrow's show, we'll hopefully be recapping a Pelicans win with David Wesley, a Pelicans, uh, Pelicans television analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans, former player. And we'll have Zach Streep in studio talking about uh, his Super Bowl experience, and we'll kind of get his preview on the game as well. So Zach Streep and David Wesley are scheduled to join us on tomorrow's show. Again, we'll preview the Super Bowl all week long, and of course we'll have Pelicans basketball talk for you as well. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.